Hello, it's David here, and thank you for listening to The Leader. Now, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on our US election coverage over the next few days. And get in touch, too. Use the hashtag TheLeaderPodcast. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. Is it over for Donald Trump? It looks like a very decisive win prospectively and we're giving basically Biden over 90% chance of being in the White House. Evening Standard columnist Anne McElvoy on why she believes Joe Biden has the election in the bag. And I think the only thing I can promise you over the next one, two, three weeks perhaps is choppiness and volatility. CNN's Julia Chatterley on what would happen under a Biden administration and if Trump holds on to the White House. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, America goes to the polls. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. And here we go. When Americans vote, America will be heard. When America's heard, I believe the message is going to be loud and clear. It's time for Donald Trump to pack his bags and go home. This is not the crowd of somebody that's going to lose. Pennsylvania, its 20 electoral votes are highly coveted. The federal judge's ruling to keep 127,000 drive-through ballots is just one reason Texas is in the spotlight this election. Florida is a must-win. The gargantuan 29 electoral votes, a key to victory on both sides. Listen, America deserves better than this. Georgia, you deserve better than this. We are going to win Iowa. And we are going to win four more years for the people's president, my father, Donald J. Trump. Divisive to the point of rancor, this has been the most brutal to many most important US election of recent times. Four years after taking an electoral college victory but losing the popular vote, Donald Trump appears to be clinging onto the White House by his fingernails. Polls before the ballot boxes opened showed him seven points behind Joe Biden nationwide. But of course, 
He's been there before, when he shocked the world by beating Hillary Clinton in 2016. This time, our editorial column says that shouldn't happen again. Joe Biden makes for an unlikely saviour. But faced with the compulsive tweeting, white nationalist dog-whistling, wall-building cager of migrant children in chief, he is the steady hero the US needs. From his plans to extend healthcare to combating catastrophic climate change, Biden is the candidate with the right ideas for the country. There have been bad presidents before. James Buchanan oversaw a country spiraling into civil war and Herbert Hoover, the Great Depression. But Donald Trump, faced with a pandemic, decided not to try to combat it. Presiding over a nation with ever-simmering racial tensions, he reveled in stoking them. To many, he is seen as a threat to American democracy itself. He should not win a second term. I'm joined now by the Evening Standard columnist and senior editor of The Economist, Anne McElvoy. And Team Biden certainly sound confident they'll kick Trump out of the White House. And most of the pollsters, they do agree with them. Yes, most of the pollsters do think that it looks like a very decisive win prospectively for Joe Biden. That would also include the Economist forecast, which has a whole lot of inputs and a, a very good data set. And we're giving basically Biden over 90 percent chance of being in the White House. Of course, elections are always about upsets as well. And as good as polling can be and as excellent as increasing your data sets and analysis can be, you've always got to be prepared for that November surprise. So that's what we're really all watching for tonight. Yeah, 90%, not 100%. I'd expect that the Trump campaign are probably planning to do something with that 10%. There are paths for him to win, aren't there? There are battlegrounds that if Biden loses, it could get a bit precarious. It could. I should say, you know, I mean, our probability is over 90%, at which point you do think that it does start to look like a Biden win. But in you do have to also think, and I think your question is right, what are the terms on which this might not play out? Well, one thing might be that there are many more undecided voters than are declaring their hand for Trump. It's been a bit harder, perhaps, to put up your hand for Trump, given what's happened in the US with COVID, and also a much more divided America than it was if you are, for instance, an older white voter in a swing state. You might not want to say to your grandkids, I'm turning out for Donald tomorrow. So there is that. And then, of course, you've had all those mail-in ballots because of the COVID situation. They're harder to predict, although, as far as we knew, they do seem to be running quite decisively for Biden. And then you have those four key swing states, which we might have a brief chat about, David. Indeed, we will. I'm thinking of areas like Pennsylvania, which is currently red. It belongs to the Republicans, but it's considered a bit of a possible swing state. Joe Biden is from there. He was born in Scranton. He wants to win it. It could be a bellwether for the election. But if Donald Trump holds on to it, that could be one of the paths that he can take back to the White House. Yes, that is true. 
But Donald Trump would really need to hold one or two of those states which are always in play and you need to win to win the US election. Pennsylvania is a very good example. But I think if Joe Biden coming from Scranton, Pennsylvania with a blue collar background can't hold Pennsylvania, well, uh, that might be very difficult or win Pennsylvania, I should say, because uh, obviously he's trying to overturn that big Trump surge. Florida, Arizona, both looking as if they're going to go Biden. Interesting Wisconsin, where Hillary Clinton misstepped by not campaigning hard enough in Wisconsin. It's a moot point whether she would have won if she turned up. But anyway, they do seem to be tending much more to Biden. Donald Trump will be thinking in this last day, can't campaign anymore, but you can at least rely on trying to sort of see whether your base has come out in two of those places enough to confound expectations. That's what it would take at this stage. And then we're seeing in the last few days lots of barricades going up at the White House itself. People are talking about it looking a bit like a fortress. Is Donald Trump planning to leave the White House, Anne? I had a very interesting interview last week on Economist Radio with John Bolton, the former national security advisor, who turned against Trump, but very much, I think, speaks for the right of the Republican Party on many issues. And he felt that if the result was as decisive as it looks, however much Donald Trump, as he put it, would be the mad uncle tweeting from the basement, he felt that there would be great unease in the Republican ranks if Donald Trump tried to hang on by some very suspect or illegitimate means. I think if it's closer, you can see the kind of argument that Trump would make, a specious argument, but an argument nonetheless. It's close, some of this was fixed, some of these ballots should need to be recounted, or something will come along. Uh, I do think that there is a momentum in the American system that means if it is a decisive result, you're out. But we'll see. Next. Well, I think the first thing that has to happen, whoever wins this election, is a further financial aid package needs to be agreed. So that's the first thing to look out for. I think the big difference between the two parties is going to be tax rises. CNN anchor Julia Chatterley on the implications of a Biden or Trump victory. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So will it be a new start for the US under Joe Biden or four more years of a Trump administration? And what would happen under either? The Evening Standard's Joanna Burke spoke to CNN anchor Julia Chatterley. From the market's perspective, I just wondered if you could summarise for us, you know, under a Trump win, 
um, and under a Biden win, what might be, you know, the benefits and the negatives uh, for the markets, please? It depends whether we get a clean election result, whether it's contested. I think the only thing I can promise you over the next one, two, three weeks, perhaps, is choppiness and volatility. What's quite fascinating as well with investors is they're seemingly wearing rose-tinted spectacles. They're saying, look, if the status quo is maintained, if Trump wins another election, then we've done okay so far and we'll probably continue to do so again. If Joe Biden wins, we're putting more emphasis on stability, on not having the same kind of rhetoric and overlooking the risk that perhaps corporation taxes rise, less profits for companies, and of course for wealthier individuals too. So you can take your pick. One sector I'll point to, because it's been the ultimate underpinning of US markets, is the tech sector. What happens for the tech sector under a President Trump? Probably the same challenges in the forms of restrictions on immigration. I think what's being underestimated, actually, by the market at this stage is the challenge for the tech sector if we see a democratic sweep. So the House is won by the Democrats, the Senate is won by the Democrats, and of course, Joe Biden because then I think you can expect them to be tackled on privacy laws, on Section 230 has been discussed in the last week, that liability protection for social media companies over things like content. Google or Alphabet already being tackled on antitrust and their sheer dominance. So be careful, I think, if we see a democratic sweep here that the big underpinning of the market, which has been the tech sector, doesn't come under a bit of pressure, at least in the short term while we assess the that's desperate. For our readers here, just tell us about this uh, universal basic income scheme and, and the thoughts behind this, please. Well, this was something that came to the forefront as a result of the Democratic presidential candidate, Andrew Yang. He talked about the concerns about things like digitization, automation, and the impact that that would have, have on the US economy. And he said, we have to tackle the societal issues that that's creating. And one way to do this is simply to bump up some of the lowest paid earners in the country by giving them a base level of earnings. He was pointing to the, the sort of statistic, you've got two thirds of the country that can't cut a $500 check in an emergency. And I think this also grew in terms of the focus that it got when we saw the pandemic hit, people suddenly overnight losing their jobs. And if you're in a situation where you can't cut a $500 check in emergency. How do you pay your rent? How do you pay your mortgage? How do you pay for some form of healthcare? How do you feed your family? So just providing a basic level of income to bump people up to what I call a living wage versus minimum wage, I think um, garnered far more attention as a result of what we've seen in the last six months than perhaps it ever would have done. And of course, universal basic income has been tried in in various different guises and countries around the world to varying degrees of success, quite frankly. So it depends how much money you give people. The criticism will be you're effectively paying people to stay at home. But, you know, if you can't feed a family and you're working two jobs, um, that creates a level of instability in society, I think, which, again, has been revealed by what we've been through. And Julia, I just wondered if you might be able to surmise slightly, you know, under a Biden win or under a Trump win, what might be good potentially for you know consumer spending on the ground what are the some of the key policies that you know might boost um consumer income and remember that we've seen consumer spending leap as a result of what we saw in the cares act in the united states three trillion dollars effectively worth of stimulus checks bump up in unemployment benefits but 
most of that ran off two months ago and now people are spending their savings that they accumulated over that time. So to continue during this pandemic and with the amount of unemployment we have, we need to see a further financial aid package agreed. This is just in the short term. Then I think we have to take a step back and work out how we get beyond the pandemic, people back into the workforce, people earning better salaries. We need a wholesale, I think, restructuring of education, of an assessment of minimum wages, of the way the US economy works. It may be the richest nation in the world, but there are huge inequalities, greater inequalities as a result of what the pandemic has seen, and just big societal issues that I think need addressing. And whether it's Donald Trump and whether it's uh, Joe Biden, neither can ignore the vulnerabilities, the structural inadequacies, I think, in terms of policy. And this has been four decades in the making. There are no short-term fixes here. A care package, another aid package in the short term. And then we really have to rethink what it means to be the richest nation in the world and be making it more fair, quite frankly. And that's The Leader. You can keep up with all the latest events with the Evening Standard's live blog. You'll find that at standard.co.uk. This podcast will be back tomorrow with full analysis of election night itself.